This is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, teaching influencers and bloggers how to become successful entrepreneurs. This is episode 59 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, we're going to dive into how to start monetizing as an influencer and the biggest mistakes that are actually made by influencers when trying to work with brands on sponsor content. All too often, I see people making these huge mistakes that you wouldn't think make that much of a difference. But when you fix them, you will find that it is so much easier to get into the inbox, start being able to work with these brands and create long-term contracts down the road. Now, you'll hear in this episode that I talk a little bit about my Pitch Perfect Pro e-course. This is my signature course. Right now, once this broadcast goes live, this podcast, it will no longer be open, but you can add yourself to the waitlist. I would also highly recommend making sure that you guys download my pitch checklist. So if you go to jennymelrose.com backslash pitch checklist, you'll be able to download that and get started today understanding how to reach out to brands so that you're not sitting in a sea of bloggers waiting either for a brand to reach out to you, which is slim to none that that's going to happen, or even sitting in a network with you're just another blogger amongst thousands of them. So let's dive in. We are going to fly, get through um, the eight critical mistakes made when working with brands on sponsored content. When we are going through these, you're going to notice that I'm going to hit on those five specific things that I said you were going to learn today. This is where you want your pen and paper ready to go because I am going to get into this. All right. The first biggest mistake that bloggers make is their elevator pitch. They have no idea what they do and who they do it for. I can ask a blogger what it is that they do and they'll say to me, well, I'm a food blogger. And that's the end of the conversation. That tells me nothing. Okay, you're a food blogger. What are you? What kind of recipes are you creating? Are they gluten-free? Are they vegan? Um, are they fancy? So maybe you're trying to turn the home cook into the home chef, like a recent um, member of Pitch Perfect Pro picked her elevator pitch to, to make sure that it's set. Your elevator pitch needs to tell me who you are doing something for and what it is that you're doing. And more than likely, if you think about this, you are solving a problem, right? You can hit on a pain point and you can solve a problem. One of um, the recent students that I have worked with, she started out not really knowing what her elevator pitch was. She said, well, I create French recipes. And I said, okay, that's great. For who? What is the purpose of that? Are you creating a French recipe so that I, as a mom of two little girls, can sit and make those, or not sit, but stand and make those recipes? And she said, no, 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 you are not my target audience. I said, good. That's what you need to know. You need to know who you're writing this for and what pain points you're hitting on. So she turned her elevator into, I show how to create mouth-watering meals at home with French recipes so you can enjoy restaurant-worthy food with minimal effort. Okay, she is hitting on those pain points of wanting to make the French recipes that are mouthwatering meals, right? And it makes you understand what you can expect to see on her site. 
That is what you need to do with your elevator pitch. It cannot be, I'm a food blogger. I'm a lifestyle blogger. That means nothing to people. And this is also the case in real life. You should have an elevator pitch to describe what you do. You are not just a blogger. You are more than that. And that actually goes into play with confidence. So when we are asked in the preschool pickup line by another mom, hey, what do you do? Um, And you turn and you say, well, I'm just a blogger. I blog in my yoga pants. Guys, seriously, come on. What? Think of all the different things. You are the marketing strategist, right? You're on social media. You understand how social media works more than anyone probably does on sometimes in corporate America and those big businesses. You understand social media. You are doing the finances. You're keeping track of the bookkeeping. You are emailing. Um, you're creating content. You're a food blogger. So you're doing gorgeous photography, be able to say what it is that you do, have the confidence to state that. And then when it comes to the brands, you need to have confidence in what it is that you do. I know that the biggest question I always get asked by bloggers is, what is the number of page views I need to have so that I can start reaching out to brands? Hold on a second. I need you to really pay attention to this. The sky is not going to open up at a certain amount of page views and you're going to see a beam of light and hear the words, you can pitch brands. It doesn't happen like that. That's not the way that this works. You need to be able to articulate to a brand who your people are, that your audience is that's coming to you. What age range are they in? Are they 24 to 35, 35 to 44? Where do they fall? And what are they coming to you for? What is your most popular content? When you can articulate that, you're ready to work with a brand because that's what a brand wants to know. They don't care that you have 100,000 page views. If you can tell them that you have 5,000 page views and you know specifically what they are coming for, they will want to work with you. Now, granted, the person that has 100,000 page views will probably get paid a bit more than the 5,000 page views, but you can still work with brands. It will still be worth it to you. You want to be able to have an income coming in. Let's be honest, right? We are always on our websites. We are working on our blogs. We are doing social media. Let Tell me, do you not hear from other people? What are you spending all your time on? I cannot tell you how many times my husband had said to this prior to me bringing in a paycheck, prior to me making a, my, my, doing my first sponsor post and their money coming in. It was always, what are you doing over there? Blogging with little great air quotes that I wanted to punch him in the head for. No, when you start having income come in, it becomes a business. So think like a business act like a business, have confidence in yourself and what you bring to the table. I know that there are very specific niches that are smaller. You have maybe a celiac blog or you have a blog that is vegan and gluten-free. Your audience is going to be much smaller. The brands understand that. If you can find a product that is gluten-free, they are going to want to work with you over someone like myself that's lifestyle that's all over the place. Because the percentage of people that are actually coming to me looking for gluten-free is probably much smaller than your smaller audience because you're niche-specific. They are coming to you looking for it and you will become that expert for that niche. So do not feel, well, I'm really small niche. I don't have a ton of pages. That doesn't matter. Play into your expertise and the audience that you do have. 
Okay. The biggest issue, one of the biggest mistakes is definitely not contacting brands correctly. So people will say to me, okay, great. I'm ready to pitch brands. What do I do? And I'm like, well, we got to get an email address, right? So what you want to do is you want to be able to send an initial pitch to a brand. And in we'll talk a little bit about what's going to be in that initial pitch. But just for the beginning, you need to find an email address. And what you would do is you're going to go to a brand's website. Every brand has a website. I don't care how small, how big. They all have websites at this point. You're going to go there and you're going to look for something that says press releases, media, something that you know is going to be related to press, okay? Once you go to media, you're going to be able to look through what they have there. If they have a press release, you want to click on the press release, pay attention to the product that they are promoting. Because if you can talk to the product that is coming out in a month from now, when you pitch that brand, they are going to pay attention to you. When you click on the press release, read through it, looking for the product that they're promoting, and then go down to the bottom. At the bottom of the press release is going to be an email address for the person that wrote the press release. That person is the person that you want to get in contact with. Now, it's often not the brand. It is often a PR company that is working for the brand. That's okay. So you're going to want to send an email to that PR company and send an initial pitch, okay? There are other tactics. Sometimes you will go to a website and it is they make it difficult to find the email address. Well, as a blogger that is still in the trenches, I can tell you that we are actually seeing a 50% conversion rate. And it, this is much higher than any other social media platform. Um, to be able to actually contact a brand and be able to get them to then give us the email address. If you create an Instagram story. so. Within Instagram, you obviously have your feed. You can create an Instagram story where you are sharing that product, talking about the product, or doing a picture. And you're going to actually tag the brand right on the picture or video that you create. Now, once you tag them, they get a notification. And a lot of times, the brand's going to come back and say, thanks so much for sharing, or they're going to give you some hearts. Next thing that you're going to do after those hearts come through is you're going to say to them, I'd love to get the contact email address for the person on your team that works on blogger or influencer campaigns. I'm going to say it again, because I know that there's going to be questions that come up back up about this. It is one of the easiest ways. Go to Instagram, create a picture, tag the brand on that picture. And when the brand come back, comes back and says, thanks so much, you're going to write to them. I'd love to get the contact email address for the person on your team that works on blogger or influencer campaigns. Once you have that email address, you are set and ready to go to actually write out your initial pitch. I told you I was going to get to the initial pitch, right? First mistake, bloggers like to give all that and the kitchen sink. I had a recent student of Pitch Perfect Pro say to me, I, I have this great idea for all of these recipes that I've already created. Um, I'm going to create it and then I'm going to pitch the brand. And I'm like, what do you mean you're going to create it? You can't create it and then pitch the brand. You are going to create an initial pitch that is going to be broad. So in other words, if you are pitching um, Bob's Red Mill and you're going to want to pitch him for the gluten-free flour that he has, right? You are not going into your initial pitch stating, I'm going to make my grandmother's award-winning apple pie with your gluten-free flour that has um, an apple cinnamon crust um, with a dash of sugar here and a dash of sugar. No, 
keep it broad. You don't need to give them every bit of what you're going to create. And you're also going to make sure that when you send this initial pitch, you are pitching three to four months in advance. So right now, it is Valentine's Day tomorrow, right? Three to four months in advance. So we're talking, it's got to be May. You are pitching for Memorial Day if you send out an initial email right now. You're pitching for May and June. So you're going to be thinking spring and summer recipes if you're a food blogger. Or if you are doing um, party decor, you are thinking you're past Easter at this point. You're talking Memorial Day, maybe even 4th of July if you want to pitch a specific um, time of year as far as a holiday. But you have to make sure that you are pitching in advance because this is going to be a process. It does take a little bit longer. It's not like a network. You are doing the work that the network normally does as far as going back and forth. So because of that, you have to make sure that you keep it broad and you pitch in advance. So if I was a food blogger, I'd be saying I'm going to create um, a great barbecue recipe if that fit for the brand that you're reaching out to. So think about being broad and just giving them some information. Now. The second biggest mistake that gets made with the initial pitch is that the blogger focuses in on themselves. Guys, this is not about you. I know you have to pitch yourself, right? You're definitely going to pitch yourself, but you're not really pitching yourself. You're pitching your audience. That's what they care about. They don't care so much about you. They want to know that your audience is going to use their product. And you have to know something about the brand in order to tell them that your audience is a perfect fit. So you have to do your research. What is their um, tagline on their website? What is their their motto? What is it? What is the language they're using to describe their product? What products are they promoting? Are they coming out with a brand new product? KitchenAid recently announced, or I think it might have already come out. They had the new attachment for their KitchenAid mixer that actually did like whole pieces of um, peeling vegetables for like zucchinis. You would actually have like a full piece of zucchini that would be peeled into layers so that you can make like a zucchini lasagna or something. And it does it for all sorts of vegetables. Now, if that was coming out and I was pitching KitchenAid, I would bring that up. I would make sure that I'm showing them I've done my research and know what products you have coming up. And I think I'd be a perfect fit because my audience is interested in this, this, and this. Okay. You always want to tie it back to your audience and to the brand that you're actually reaching out to. Okay. Once you get past the initial pitch and you were able to send that out to them and they come back and they're like, yes, we want to hear more about how we can work with you. You have put in your initial pitch, I'll send you my media kit and a proposal for your review. Well, now you need to be able to create a proposal. And that proposal needs to be more than just an email. It needs to be a separate document where it tells them specifically what you are going to do for them. And it shouldn't just be your normal, oh, I'm going to create a post. I'm going to do a Facebook post, a, a pin, a tweet, and an Instagram share. That's what the networks do. They can go to a network to get 100 bloggers to do that for pennies, right? When you pitch an actual branch, you want to put together a package and you're going to give one price. You are not giving them a rate sheet. I know that some, especially food bloggers, hate when I say this because they're in the industry for food bloggers, it's always you give a rate sheet. You're not giving a rate sheet. You're giving them a lump price that you're getting for that package. And in that package, you want to create something in there that makes you stand out. 
So for example, if you do live broadcasting on Facebook once a week in a weekly show, you need to promote that in there and be able to charge for it. And it's going to be included in your one price for the proposal. All right. The next piece is the lack of authenticity. I cannot stress this enough. The reason, the number one reason that I am able to create so much income from my sponsor post is because I am authentic. If I cannot make it work for my audience, I walk away. I don't care how large the contract is. If I cannot figure out a way to make it work, I'm going to walk away. Perfect example. I was asked to work with Glad Trashbacks. They wanted me to put together a post about how four days in a trash bag um, and it was still smelling wonderful at the end of the four days if I kept this garbage. And I kind of looked at them and I was went back to them and said, yeah, that's not going to work for us. We're a family of four. Trash bag doesn't last a day in my house, let alone four days. So I sat back and said, okay, how can I make this work for my audience? It was springtime. They, you know, all the food that was out there was beautiful colors for spring. Um, we had actually just taken a trip that we had had fish tacos almost every single day. <laughs> it's because we were down in Key West. And I thought, let me see if I, I'll recreate that Caribbean fish taco recipe. And then I'm going to tell the story of how I, um, with my family, we had the Caribbean fish tacos left for a long weekend, came back four days later, um, and the house still smelled, even though a piece of the Caribbean fish tacos had been thrown in the garbage because my youngest daughter hadn't finished it. Now, I had a pinnable image that was a beautiful picture of the Caribbean fish tacos because it had all the gorgeous colors in it. I had um, keyword rich title because it was Caribbean fish tacos, right? I was able to make sure that I created content that was going to continue to drive traffic to my site rather than having a post that is about reviewing a trash bag. Your audience doesn't want that. Make sure that you are always creating content that your audience would expect. I am a lifestyle blogger. I have done things for, worked with a vacuum company. I have worked with a mattress company. Um, I make it work so that I'm not giving a review of the vacuum. Instead, I'm giving you spring cleaning tips that one of the tips includes the vacuum. Or I'm going to give you for the mattress company, I did how to transition your toddler from a uh, little bed into a big kid bed, okay? You're trying to think of ways that it would work for your audience. That's why you have to know your audience. And I stressed so much in the beginning about that. You also need to make sure that you are going the extra mile. I often see bloggers that will say, well, my contract said I need to do one pin, one Facebook post, one tweet, and one Instagram. And that's all I'm doing. Here's the question that I have for you. In the comments, tell me, okay, how many times are you pinning your own content? If you have a new post go live today, how many times do you then pin it? Do you pin it just once to one board? And then you're done with it. You're never going to pin it again. So tell me in the comments how many times you actually pin your content, okay? If you're anything like me, you are pinning the crap out of that one pin. You are putting out to multiple boards. You are using it into tribes. You are doing everything that you can to try to get more eyeballs on that 
pin so that you can drive traffic to your site. So don't tell me that when you're working on a sponsor post that it says in my contracts, I can only do one pin. So I'm only doing one pin. It's going to fall in your face, right? You're not going to be able to show that brand that you were worth the investment that they paid to work with you because you told them that you get a certain amount of page views per month, yet 75% of your traffic comes from Pinterest and you're only pinning once. You have to make sure that you are going the extra mile. Pin it the way that you would normally pin it. If you're doing a tweet, we all know that there are all sorts of Facebook groups that are out there with other bloggers where you can support each other to make sure that there's engagement on it. Do whatever you would normally do. I am not telling you that you need to join 100 extra groups and pin um, put your link into a hundred different groups so that it's crazy and it doesn't make any sense, right? That's not your normal amount of what you would do. But however you normally promote a post that is not sponsored is how you should be promoting a sponsored post. And then probably a little extra if you can. Send out a blast to your email list, right? We all should be building our email lists. Send out an email to your email list specifically about that recipe. Hey, you guys are never gonna believe the great ingredient that I used for, to create these Caribbean fish tacos. Check this out. Drive some traffic to it, right? Okay. The last biggest mistake is a non-existent follow-up. And this is largely due to the fact that many of us are used to working with the networks. And the networks are those middlemen that act in between the brand and the blogger where you can apply to be inside the network and then you just kind of hang out waiting until something fits for you, right? Well, when you are pitching the brand directly, you need to follow up with them. You need to give them your data on a silver platter tied in a bow and tell them, this is how many retweets I got, this is the number of impressions, this was my reach on this Facebook Live broadcast that I did for you and how many views it got. You're going to provide them with all of that information because when you work directly with a brand, it is the biggest opportunity that you can have in order to fill your editorial calendar in the future. Let me explain what I mean by that. When you work directly with a brand, you now can create a relationship with that PR person or that person for the brand so that once that one post is done, it's not done. You follow up, give them your data and say, hey, listen, I would love to put together a proposal for a long-term contract for you. And that is where you are then able to establish those relationships and create those long-term contracts. That is how I was able to take, you'll see the numbers, but I was able to take my sponsored post income from about 2,500 to over five figures because I'm not doing a one and done post. I'm doing one post for them initially and then I'm following up because I have made sure that I have done an excellent job on that campaign that I worked with them. And now I'm going to pitch for three posts or six posts or eight posts, however many it is. So I'm getting a long-term contract and I know exactly on my calendar what is coming next. And that is exactly where I'm to the point. And many of us that have gone through my course are at that point. So now I please, I cannot express this enough. I need you to remember something. This is not just theory. This is what I put into practice. I fell on my face so many times trying to figure out the best way to work with brands. And after figuring it out, all I wanted to do was shout it from the rooftops. 
I was getting asked to speak at multiple conferences because people knew that that's how I was making my income. And then I had a ton of bloggers that were messaging me afterwards saying, how do you do this? But what's the next step? Well, I'm a teacher. I'm very strategic. I still think like a teacher. And because of that, I put together a plan that will help you so that it is you go from step A to step B. You don't jump and not know what's in between. I give you a strategic plan. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. As you can see, as an influencer, working with brands on sponsored content isn't just something that happens overnight. It is a strategic process that will then turn into long-term income. But you have to be doing what it takes ahead of time in order for that to happen, showing the brand that you they're going to get their return on investment in you. So if you haven't already, make sure that you have downloaded my pitch checklist. It's going to help you write that initial pitch. And you'll be able to get started today with this creating income in your business. Because let's be honest, we're using these products. Why not get paid to use the products that we know, use, and love on an everyday basis? A lot of us are already talking about them. This is a simple way to be able to use it in our content and to be able to use our influence to benefit our business. All right, guys, I appreciate you all so much. I would absolutely love it. I am going to be broadcasting every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern on my Facebook page. Be sure that you join in because you can have your questions answered live. And then I am going to be using that for the podcast. We also are going to be changing it up a little bit. I'm going to be doing some on-air coaching calls so you can actually see what happens if you book a consult with me. So I look forward to continuing to work with you all. Make sure that you check out my Instagram account because I will be there every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern taking your questions live. So if you know that you are have a question, you'd love to book a call with me, well, this is a great way to get a trial run. You come on to Instagram with me and we're able to actually both be on together and ask the questions that you have and get them answered so you can continue to move your business forward. Because really, that's what this is about. Too many of us are standing still or we've plateaued and we don't know the next step to take in order to scale. So get some outside perspective from someone that's been in the trenches for years so that you can grow your business and feeling confident about it. All right, guys, until next time, I will see you all then. 